The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, the Garda Ombudsman have said that they don't have the resources to investigate complaints made against Gardaí. So GSOC, uh, the Ombudsman Commission, they were before Naroctus Committee today saying they need more staff to carry out those investigations. Paul Williams is with me now, crime writer and special correspondent with the Irish Independent. Uh, Paul, is the current system fit for purpose? Uh, in, a, in a word, no, it's not, Kieran. Absolutely not. And uh, we're seeing loads of evidence of this. Um, like, in all the GSOC since it began, in practically all of its investigations, they have been strung out over very long, unacceptable periods of time, whereby you know a, a Garda who is suspended realize a Garda suspended. He's alleged, he's accused of something. Um, he then faces an interminable delay, and this is accepted by all cops, and also the feeling that they're guilty uh, until proven innocent. And these last, on average, from two to three years, and sometimes even more. And this causes considerable distress and disruption in the private and uh, you know professional lives of the officers who have been left in limbo, uh, especially those who have done absolutely nothing, n- done nothing wrong. Uh, and it is also brings out huge reputation damage and economic damage, because... A cop who's left suspended for two or three years, they're left on a, on a, on a fraction of their normal wage. And they have families to, to uh, look after and all of that. So the whole thing, the, the argument here is that, you know, justice delayed is justice denied. Uh, and this uh, uh, very clearly last week, the rep bodies, the representative bodies are clearly have had enough of all of this, Karen. Like you saw, quite an unprecedented move by the General Secretary of the AGSI, Antoinette Cunningham, and the President, Paul Corn. They staged effectively a sit-in in GSOC's offices last week. And that was because one of their colleagues, I think it was a sergeant, who had been under investigation and suspended for 23 months, just one month shy of two years, he had been investigated and the DPP came back in the middle of April to tell GSOC that the officer had no case to answer. But when uh, GSOC, the senior GSOC reps went down last week at the very end of May and wanted to, to discuss this with the senior GSOC official, they were stonewalled, it would appear. And they were they were demanding that a notification of the DPP's decision be sent to the Garda authorities in order to lift the suspension. Now, if you did that, um, to a person, a normal civilian, yeah, and you wouldn't you wouldn't get away with it. We'd be all off to the high court, and quite rightly so. So that police officer, uh, until Antoinette Cunningham uh, refused to leave the GSOC offices, that officer had been left in limbo by one and a half months longer than he should have been. He's an innocent man. He should be back at work, and he should be back in his full pay. So, and so he should be reinstated in his position. Are, so are, are, are GSOC. Right then, do, do they need more resources, more staff so that they can do all of this quicker? Or, or is, is, is the system, even if they got that, is the system too bureaucratic and slow anyway? I, I would say it's too bureaucratic and slow. And I could tell you all, I could spend an hour here telling you stories about what happened with GSOC through the years. Like, you know, they've, they, whatever respect or whatever kind of, of cooperation was there from the Gardaí, or particularly respect, is gone now because you saw recently the cack-handed way it was revealed in the coroner's court that a Garda was to face criminal charges after the deaths of three violent criminal thugs who were killed driving up the wrong way on a motorway on their way from a crime spree because they were intercepted by the police. Now that officer had to hear of that in the public domain and quite rightly again the Garda representative bodies are going mad about this. Also uh, another issue that has come up, and probably is very timely when they're talking about more resources, 
the Hutch party guest, you know, the, yeah. the GSOC official, the senior investigator, um, who investigated, remember, uh, Kieran, just remind your listeners, this senior investigator who had to resign because he attended uh, a party in Jerry Hutch's house, which was held in his honour because he had just been acquitted of murder in the Special Criminal Court. This senior investigator, with 40 years experience in another police force, had been involved and the senior investigating officer of the the, the very tragic death of Detective Superintendent Colin Fox, who was in charge of the investigation into the Regency Hotel attack. Mm. So he had access to that very sensitive file. Now, obviously, there's a criminal investigation going on, and we don't know where that's going to end. But an officer normally in that position would not even reside within a five-mile radius of Jerry Hutch, never mind attend a party at his house, even no matter what kind of uh, explanations would be given for that. So all of this is piling. It, it has, has focused attention, quite rightly, on who watches the watchers, who regulates the regulators. And the whole issue, for example, of their own oversight and their vetting procedures are now under the microscope. Mm. And because Gardy are like I've, I interviewed him here in the Irish Independent, um, quite recently, Gardaí in the in the GRA have been justifiably justifiably expressing concerns to know if their personal information, which was given in GSOC investigations, was leaked to criminals. Now, all of this, what we're talking about, um, Kieran, has fed into and become as an absolute boon to the criminal industry and the criminal class because they are taking full advantage of these very obvious uh, weaknesses in the system and they are making like over 50% of the complaints made to the guard to the GSOC every year are dropped because they're not they're not worth going ahead with um, at the same time yeah. we're seeing violent attacks and general abuse and random threats being made uh, officers being targeted on social media uh, being in recent weeks since this famous cack handed revelation in the coroner's court we see the, the spectre of criminals tearing off up motorways the wrong way knowing uh, that they won't be pursued by the yeah. Gardaí because the Gardaí are and, saying, what's the bloody point? And, well, where does that leave Garda morale, Paul? When you, when you take all that into account, the, the the feeling that some of them have that their hands are tied uh, because of the possibility of investigation, vexatious complaints taking, you know, a year and longer uh, to get cleared by GSOC. Um, when you have, as you say, uh, the revelation in the coroner's court about that charging, you combine it with, you know, a kind of a, a, a shortage of, of uniformed uh, Gardaí as it is. And then delays with things like body cams and facial recognition technology and that getting all snarled up in a kind of a, a, a row around the cabinet table. Well, what is the mood amongst members? By the way, before I address that, let me just tell you the other side in this argument. Uh, uh, sorry, the other dimension to this, mm. which Gardy are very justifiably concerned and angry about and why morale is absolutely on the floor, is that the Garda authorities themselves are equally culpable of long delays suspending officers for willy-nilly and leaving them suspended in limbo for years. Now, they have uh, 12 or 13,000 and they are leaving their own people. You know, just there was one case, about nine officers were suspended in Limerick and they were left out there for years and politicians uh, got up in the doll and talked about it because it was really, really unfair. So both sides are culpable in this. So what is happening then as a result of all of that is that the average cop on the beat, the people we rely on to protect us, are sandwiched between a stifling oversight and management system on one side and an increasingly violent 
uh, working environment on the other, whereby um, criminals feel they can attack cops by impunity. So with, with impunity, so the yeah. police are pulling back. So what you're happening now is that for the first time in living memory, uh, the Garda forces is facing the beginnings of a long-term problem in terms of recruitment, retention, and poor morale. Um, over the past year, for example, uh, there have been uh, has been an unprecedented increase in the number of experienced officers resigning. There's also been an unprecedented increase in the number of officers re- retiring as soon as they've the necessary service to qualify. Yeah. Now, a decade ago, the guards were going to the High Court to fight the authorities to stay in their jobs for as long as they could because they loved it. At the other end, then, of the organisation of food chain, you know, you have this situation now where we're, we're seeing a new phenomenon of, it, of an increasing number of guard recruits thrown into town before they even finish the training. Yeah. And at the same time, you're, they're having grave difficulties achieving planned recruitment quotas. So the bottom line here is that morale is on the floor. Um, the the, the Guard a force that government wants to yeah. reach 15,000 will never be realised. It's similar to the brain drain you're getting at the Defence Forces. Yeah. And the people who are going to suffer are the law-abiding, decent citizens who are listening to your programme this evening. Paul Williams, crime writer, special correspondent with the Irish Independent. Paul, as always, thanks a million uh, for joining us here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.